Thanks for checking out the Lakeshore Podcast. If this is your first time listening with us, we want you to know God loves you. We want for your hope in Jesus to be renewed and for your faith to come to life. Wherever you are joining us from, we hope this message encourages you. Well, listen, let me start with this. What do you get when you deep fry Santa Claus? Come on, this is for all you southern deep fryers out there. Come on, what do you get? Crisp Kringle. Okay, I won't tell anymore. I got one more, one more. Listen. Uh, um, Why did the little drummer boy allow the chicken to be in his Christmas band? Because the chicken had his own set of drum sticks. Pop up. Come on, you guys can use that one. I won't even... I won't even charge you. You got room for one more? This one's for the kids. The kids. Have you got any kids in here? Come on, any kids in the balcony? Any adults that still feel like a kid? Come on. Okay, this one's pretty easy. Uh, what do snowmen eat for breakfast? Frosted flakes. Yeah, yeah. Come on. Come on. Get, get your Bibles out. Let's check the Bible attendance in the house. Anybody got their Bibles with them? Come on, your iPhone, something. If you don't have it, it's okay. Just hold up your fist as a sign of agreement. I want to lead us in a Bible declaration. Just a way to open up our hearts to the power of God's word and the power of God's spirit. Amen. So let's just say this all together. Ready? Read. This is my Bible. It is God's word written to me. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can have what it says I can have. So I receive it as truth for my life today and open my heart to hear God speak a word that will change my life forever. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Holy Spirit, we're so desperate for you. We need you to show us some things in the scripture. Unlock the word. Give us revelation. Pull the veil back in our hearts. You're the teacher. You're the one who brings the word to life. You're the one who helps us to apply it to our everyday living. We don't want to just read the Bible. We want you to read the Bible to us. Speak to us. Speak to us, Holy Spirit. Jesus, Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, this is our third week of a series that we've entitled Unwrapping Christmas. And the subtitle is important. Catch it. Finding Christ in the middle of it all. If there's ever been a Christmas in our lifetime... When we needed to refocus our spiritual lenses to look for and find and keep Christ right in the middle of all the chaos, it's this Christmas. Amen? It's Christmas 2020. COVID-19. Civil unrest. Governmental craziness. Racial divide, 
businesses shutting down, unprecedented businesses shutting down, job loss, financial insecurity. I'm convinced, and I know you are, that we need to come up in our faith. We need to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that Jesus is king over COVID. We need to know that Jesus still saves people. He still delivers people. Jesus still fills people with the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. We need to know that Jesus still walks with people and talks with people and helps people and strengthens people no matter what they're going through and especially when they're going through chaos. That's really the heartbeat of this whole series. Unwrapping Christmas is really about rediscovering Christ and keeping him right in the middle of all of our Christmas traditions. Amen. So if you've missed any of those messages, you can catch them on our website. Today, I want to start with a question. It's a pointed question. It's a rich question. And I want us to look at it together. Here it is. What was Father God's original purpose in giving Jesus as a gift to the world? Now the truth is, most of you can come up with some really, really great answers. Oh, Pastor Robert, uh, Father God gave Jesus to the world so that we could be forgiven from our sins. He gave Jesus to the world so that we don't go to hell and we could go to heaven. Come on, somebody say amen. He gave Jesus to the world so that he could destroy the works of the devil. Some others might say, well, he gave Jesus to the world so that we could see the heart of the Father in action. After all, Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the And all of those answers are true. And all of those answers are biblical. But I believe that there is a much more significant answer that, that the Holy Spirit wants to show you, maybe in a fresh new way, and wants you and I to step into this morning. Are you ready? Here's the answer. The Father gave Jesus as a gift to the world in exchange for you. You know what it means to exchange something. To give something with the expectation that you're going to get something in return. Come on, repeat this after me. I promise I will not embarrass you. Repeat this after me. Okay, do you believe me? I'll never have you say anything embarrassing. Say this. The Father gave Jesus as a gift in exchange for me. Let that sink in. Usually when you exchange something, you exchange something for like value. You don't exchange for a downgrade. You're so valuable to the Father. The title of my message today is simply this. The greatest gift exchange. Come on, would you say it with me, church? Come on, up there in the balcony. Come on. 
the greatest gift exchange. Here's a subtitle, so important. Giving myself back in exchange for Jesus. Come on. I love Christmas. Most people love Christmas. I realize that sometimes holidays can be a sensitive topic for a lot of people, and I'm not minimizing that. But most people love Christmas, and there's lots of great traditions around Christmas. The lights and the trees in McAdenville, North Carolina, where I live, Christmas USA. There's all kinds of traditions. This, the food, come on, unwrapping tamales. I know that's an acquired taste, but I'm Hispanic, and I love to unwrap tamales. When we think about Christmas, though, the highlight of our tradition is really the gift exchange, isn't it? I mean, that's what all of us have either done on a Gray Thursday or Black Friday or whatever you call it, right? Or you're going to do, you're going to go out and you're going to buy that perfect gift. And we all want that sense of love and joy that comes from giving and receiving the perfect gift. Where does that come from? That comes from God. God put that in you. He put that in me. Why? Because God is the ultimate gift giver. And he wants for you and I this Christmas to engage in his gift exchange. Romans 3.23. Look at it with me. For all have sinned. How many? All have sinned and have fallen short. That means they don't measure up anymore. They're not where they once were because they've fallen short of the glory. Somebody say glory. Glory of God. Now the sad reality is this, that every person born into the world is born in this fallen state, disconnected from relationship with God. And they're born uh, disconnected from being the original gift that he or she was made to be to and for God. Every person. And we could say a lot of Christians are not living at the level that God wants them to live at to be the gift that he's made them to be back to him. Come on, it's not just me. Does anybody have room for improvement in that area? Every single one of us. What about this word glory? It's not just something we use for songs. This is a significant word. This word glory, the Greek word doxa, D-O-X-A, that's where we get the hymnal, the doxology. Praise God from whom, come on, all blessings flow. Praise him above ye. Come on, do you know it? Praise him above ye heavenly hosts. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Doxology. It comes from this word. And it just simply means splendor. 
radiance and majesty in the perfect person of Jesus. But when it's applied to you and I, it implies that we're meant to carry. Somebody say carry. We're meant to carry this glory, this splendor, this radiance, this majesty, this likeness of God in our lives. And in this context of Romans 3.23, we're being told that because of Adam and Eve and the sin that they fell into, that glory that we were meant to carry as a human race has been stripped away from us. We're not the same anymore. Every person was made to be with the Father as a gift forever and to reflect his glory in the earth. And when Adam and Eve fell from that position, all of us fell. Amen. Do you believe that? So what could God do to get his glorified sons and daughters back? There's only one thing. He had to be willing to take a step and initiate heaven's gift exchange. He had to be willing to go first. Catch this. God didn't just give Jesus for you so that you can have him. He also gave Jesus in exchange for you so that he can have you. Come on, I'm preaching to somebody this morning. Think about how silly it would be for the groom to be at the altar with his bride and all he's thinking is about is, wow, I get to have her. I get to have her help me. I get to have her be with me. I get to have her bless me. I get to have her walk through life with me. I get to have her beauty with me. I get to have all that God's put on her life. to be. I get her. I get her. It would be ridiculous for him to even think about the fact that she gets him too. Isn't that true? Man. God wants you personally. I think that John 3.16 is a great picture of this exchange between God and you. I want to look at it in the Amplified Classic version today. Let's look at it with fresh eyes. For God so greatly loved and dearly prized the world that he even gave up his only begotten unique son so that whoever believes in, trusts in, clings to, relies on him, shall not perish, come to destruction. Listen, be lost, but have eternal, everlasting life. Be lost, be lost. That doesn't just mean that you're going through life and you don't know where you're going. It doesn't just mean that you're spiritually disconnected from God without a Savior. It doesn't just mean that, that you need God. It means that when sin happened, God lost you. And he wants you back. He wants everyone back. Amen. How many of you read Luke chapter 15? There's three stories. The story of the lost sheep, the lost coin, and the lost son. Come on, how many of you ever heard the prodigal 
son story, right? Let me ask a question. It's not a trick question. If you know the answer, just shout it out. When a shepherd loses a sheep, whose loss is it? Good, 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 good. When a woman loses a coin, whose loss is it? The woman, the woman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when the father loses a son, whose loss is it? The father's. But, but I've always heard that story, and most of the time I've taught that story about the prodigal son, about everything he lost out on. And don't get me wrong, I'm not minimizing that. But the shepherd and the woman and the father are all pictures of the heavenly father who yearns to have his lost sons and daughters back in the family. It's the father who loses It's the father who's grieving. God greatly loved and prized you that he gave so that you would trust in and cling to him and not be lost as glorified sons and daughters, as gifts to God, made in his image, made to be with him forever and represent him in the earth. Christmas It's about heaven's gift exchange. Jesus, for you. Come on. So powerful. This Christmas, God wants for you and I to receive fresh and anew the gift of Jesus. The gift of Jesus received has the potential to help us realign our focus away from the chaos and back to the Christ in Christmas. Can you say amen? And that's not just his last name. That's his heavenly title. He's the anointed Messiah. He's the anointed one. He's the deliverer. He's the savior. He's the healer. He's the bread from heaven. He's the one who satisfies you. If you're here this morning... And you've never received the gift of Jesus, you can today. You can today. If you're here this morning and you're already walking with Jesus, maybe, maybe you're not walking with the gift of Jesus in your everyday life like you know you could be. Come on. You can realign that today. You can start fresh and anew. Okay, Pastor Robert, uh... God went first. I get it. Now what? That's a good question. Repeat this after me. Remember, I'll never embarrass you. Repeat this after me. God went first. first. Now Now. it's my turn. It's my turn. I want us to discover what it looks like to give ourselves to God by looking at the gifts that were given to Jesus when he was just a little boy. Let's look at it together. Matthew 2.11. I'm reading out of the New Living Translation. It says, They entered the house and saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Somebody say worship. Worship. Let me just tell you, they didn't have the awesome Lakeshore worship team that we just experienced. This was worship without the music. This started in their hearts. It dropped them to their knees, not wondering if anybody was looking at them, 
not overly concerned about whether or not they would get dirty. There was something that compelled them. They knew this boy is the king, the promised Messiah, the savior of the world. Then they opened their treasure chests and gave him gifts. Somebody say gifts. We're we're talking about this great gift exchange. They gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. There was more than likely more than three wise men, magi. These were learned men. They studied astrology. For some reason, God used this star to lead them to the Savior. And Jesus is probably one or two years old. He's not in a manger. He's not a baby. We know that because Herod the king put out an order to kill all of the kids that were two years old and younger. And so they come to Jesus and they come bearing gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. I want to show you three ways that you and I can give ourselves to God. Now, I want to make sure we understand this. You don't have to do anything to be right before God once you're in the family. Jesus did it all for you. Amen? But we get to do things because we've been made right and we're in the family. Are you with me? So there's plenty of grace. God's spirit empowering us to step into everything that God has already called us to be. Amen. Gold. They gave gold. Gold is given to Jesus because it speaks of Jesus' royalty as Lord and King. Somebody say Lord and King. Okay, so how does that apply to us in giving ourselves to Jesus? Point number one, you can write this down if you're a note taker. I can give myself to God by submitting to Jesus as Lord and King over my life. Come on, would you say that with me? I can give myself to God by submitting to Jesus as Lord and King of my life. A lot of times we receive Jesus as Savior. Amen, we get to go in. But he's also Lord. He's also King. I don't have this dialed in. Uh, God's, God's still working on me. Ask my wife. But I just believe that part of the gift that God wants us to give him this Christmas is the gift of submitting to Jesus from our hearts and allowing him to be Lord and King over our lives. Let me give you a practical example. Don't look around. Just look straight at me, okay? I mean, if, if God, God asks you to patch up a relationship... Are you willing to do it? Well, yeah, if they apologize. No, 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 no. Are you willing to apologize and take the first step? God did. Amen. Here's another practical example. If God asks you to obey him in the area of finance, what does your dollar say? In God, we try. If he asks you to step out and tithe, and give offerings, or, or am I willing to do it? 
well, I don't know about that one. That, you're getting, that's a tough one. Well, listen, in a kingdom, who has the last word? The king. Okay, this one, I'm going to, I'm going to, I hope you're wearing steel toe shoes. Okay? Uh, if you fall in love and God says, uh, don't, don't move in until you get married. Can I say it? Don't be sleeping together till you exchange the vows in my presence. Pastor Robert, don't talk about that. <laughs> Come on. Are you kidding me? Listen, I'm not perfect. I, I certainly didn't pass the test in that area. But when I got engaged and we bought our house, we made a commitment. We're not moving in till we get married. That's not the culture today. Come on, I'm just saying, is Jesus Lord and King or not? He, he wants us to give ourselves to him in this area. Let me move on. Frankincense. Frankincense. Frankincense was one of the ingredients of the special incense that was used in Old Testament worship. And the incense was all around the worship. The high priest would go into the Holy of Holies with the Ark of the Covenant and he would sprinkle the blood from the sacrifice and the smoke of incense would go up to God as aromatic and it was a pleasing and it was a pleasant fragrance to God. And it indicated that God was pleased with the sacrifice and with his people because of the sacrifice. And so he would receive the prayers of his people because he was pleased with his people because of the sacrifice. All of worship in the Old Testament had to do with sacrifice and incense was all around. Here's the second way you can give yourself to God this Christmas. I can give myself to God as a living sacrifice. Come on, somebody say that with me. I can give myself to God as a living sacrifice. We were in a staff uh, session recently, and we were receiving from the Word, and Doctors Bill and Tony Morgan came to present some things from the Word to us. And one of the things he said about a living sacrifice is this. Here's the problem. When, when things get a little heated up, the fire of God, the living sacrifice wants to jump off the altar. <laughs> right? Now listen, Jesus once slain for all. He was the ultimate sacrifice. But God wants us to give our living, breathing, everyday lives on his altar of sacrifice to live for him. And that means that we allow this refining process that the Holy Spirit takes us through, burning off, so to speak, the old man, the flesh, the ungodliness, the things that aren't in alignment with heaven, our thinking, our words, our emotions, what we do and how we do it. When we become aware of the fact that God wants us to be this living sacrifice, we begin to, to align our new selves, our new born again, Holy Spirit filled, empowered, clean, pure, people, selves before God, and we say, I want to live for you. This is, this is outside of the walls of the church building. Come on, moms. This is you when you're dealing with your kids, and they get on your last nerve, and you want to give them away. You bring it in. This is a sacrifice for you, God. Come on, wives. 
When you're praying for your husband, if you're not, you should be, because he needs it. And you're asking God, why'd you give him to me? And he says, because. I'm gonna refine you, my daughter. Shaping and molding. Why? Because he wants us to carry his likeness in our everyday lives, coming and going. Can somebody say amen? amen. How about myrrh? Myrrh. Myrrh is an aromatic resin, and it comes from a tree. And it was used in the sacred anointing oil that was prescribed by God in the Old Testament. And this sacred oil was used in anointing the tabernacle or the tent of meeting where God's people and the high priest met with God. It was also used to anoint all of the articles that would be used in worship to God. Uh, myrrh was also used in the anointing oil for Aaron and his sons, listen, for service to the Lord as priests. Finally, myrrh was used to anoint Jesus after he died. So when given to Jesus as a boy, listen, it served as a prophetic sign of his service to Father God as the anointed one and his ultimate sacrificial death for us. The anointing oil was made with this myrrh. So Pastor Robert, how, how does that apply to my life? How can I give myself to Jesus to God. Here's, here's the third and final point. Write it down. I can give myself to God, listen, as an anointed one. Come on, I got any Pentecostals in here? Come on, I can give myself to God, not as the anointed one, but as an anointed one, listen, in active service for his kingdom. What does that mean, anointed one? That means God poured out the Holy Spirit on you and in you. He wants to fill you to the overflow so that you can serve him in advancing his kingdom in the earth, bringing people into the family, demonstrating his love, demonstrating his power, demonstrating his grace. If you're not plugged into the family and you're not serving yet in the kingdom, let us get you in the game. And then beyond the walls, what does God want you to do? Come on up there in the balcony. Are you with me? Active service for his kingdom. Listen, the truth is, if you're in Christ, you've been anointed, you're empowered, you're set apart by his spirit. Now it's important that we see ourselves as such and discover our fit within and beyond the walls of our church buildings and actively serve God. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Last portion of scripture I want us to look at today, okay? Romans chapter 12. I promise you've probably seen these verses before. But allow the Holy Spirit to sharpen you, to keep you fresh. Romans 12, 1 and 2, out of the NLT. This is kind of how we tie all of this together. Pastor Robert, what does this look like in my everyday coming and going at work and in the school with my neighbors, with the kids? Paul says, and so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you, notice the gift giving, 
I plead with you to give your bodies to God, your whole selves, because of all he has done for you. Let them, your whole selves, your bodies, be a living and holy sacrifice. Somebody say holy. That means separated. It means set apart to and for God's use. Are you with me? And then he says this, listen, the kind he will find acceptable. Acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. You know, in Romans 6.13, it says this, present yourselves to God. Romans 6.13, it says, you and I actively, from the heart, Present yourselves to God. There's the gift exchange. I love verse 2 of Romans 12. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. The New King James says, don't be conformed to the image of this world. That word conformed, listen, it just means don't pattern yourself after the way they live. Suska matizo is the Greek word. Don't use the world as the schematic for your life. On the contrary, allow the word, somebody say the word, and the spirit, somebody say the spirit, to transform the way you think by the renewing of your mind. We're bringing it into alignment with God's mind, God's heart. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed. again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for more messages. If you like what you're hearing, share it with your friends. For more content from Lakeshore and information on services, check us out at lakeshorecf.com.